Hello and welcome to Fatima Today. This show is produced by the World Apostle of Fatima USA, Our Lady's Blue Army, and brings topics to you, our viewers, related to the events in the world today. We live in tumultuous times when logic seems to have disappeared and uncertainty hangs over us. Our hope on these programs is to address the issues of the day and find solutions through adherence to the laws of God, especially through the message of Fatima. We ask that you subscribe to this podcast. Welcome to Fatima Today, the podcast of the World Apostolate of Fatima, Our Lady's Blue Army. My name is Barb Ernster. I'm your host, and I'm joined with my co-host, Katie Moran. Welcome, Katie. Oh, welcome. Thank you for having me back. We're doing a series of podcasts on many parts of the Fatima message, and we're kind of focusing on Sister Lucia and the ways that she taught us devotion to the Immaculate Heart. So today, that's what we're going to focus on, the devotion to the Immaculate Heart. And let's start with a Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you, Katie, again for joining me. We hope that our listeners can learn much about the Fatima message through these podcasts. And again, we are looking at the June 13th apparition when Our Lady started to reveal why she was appearing at Fatima. She told the children, God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my Immaculate Heart. If what I say to you is done, many souls will be saved and there will be peace in the world. Now, this mission to spread this devotion was given to Lucia, the the oldest of the three Fatima seers. She was 10 years old at the time. And Our Lady had told her in in the June apparition that she would be taking Jacinta and Francisco to heaven soon, but Lucia would remain on earth to spread this devotion throughout the world. Now, Katie, you and I have talked about how young Lucia was and what a huge mission this was placed on her shoulders. Yeah, and her anniversary of her death's coming up, February the 13th, 2005. She was 97 years old. And I can remember talking to grade school kids and adult groups like in the 80s and 90s, and they would all look at me and I'd say, yes, she's still alive. You know, and they'd tell them how old she was and their eyeballs would pop out. And at that time, you know, you sort of thought, well, maybe she's going to be with us for forever, you know, because she was she was the epitome of the apparitions because that's who Our Lady spoke to. And that's who she spoke back. She was the only one who had the dialogue because she was to stay such a long time. So I think it's fitting that Our Lady chose this young girl who had so much self-control and so much, she was she was a quiet person. She was a private person. You know, psychologists today would analyze what her personality type was. Definitely not the type where you go and tell everybody your innermost secrets like people do today on Facebook and 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 short chat or whatever it is, all those out there where everything's got to be posted as you do it. So definitely chose the right person to do this. Yes. And being so young, she certainly didn't understand it at the time. She lived 87 years and she spent that whole time teaching about this devotion and what it meant. But, you know, during the June apparition, that's when Our Lady, again, spread her hands out and radiated the light that was God. And the children saw themselves immersed in this light. Jacinta and Francisca saw saw themselves in the light that was going to heaven. 
and Lucia saw herself in the light that was spread out over the whole earth. So visually, Our Lady was trying to help her understand that her mission was going to be worldwide. And she was asked during that time that she would, she, Our Lady wanted her to learn to read and write. So, you know, not having known a whole lot about how she, what this devotion was, how she was supposed to spread it, she did get some directive that she was to learn to read and write. And the other thing that um, Our Lady had had shown them during that apparition was she showed them her immaculate heart. It was pierced with thorns and it was sorrowful. And Lucia said, we understood it was the immaculate heart in need of reparation. So even though these this big mission was being given to the children, they were given visuals by Our Lady to help them understand. Now later, St. John Paul II really took up interest in Fatima after the assassination attempt on him, May 13th, 1981. And as he began to learn more about this apparition, realizing it was the gospel message to return to God, to convert, and to participate in the mission to save souls, he called this the School of Mary, the School of the Immaculate Heart. And that's how he identified the mission and message of Mary. It's an invitation to learn from the Immaculate Heart of Mary where we ourselves are immersed in the person and the mission of Mary who's leading us. And she leads us to her son, to Jesus in the Eucharist. She always leads us to God. And what she wants is a personal relationship with us. So let's talk a little bit about that, Katie. What does it mean to be schooled in the Immaculate Heart? How are we to learn from Mary? And how did the three children learn from Mary? The first, I think the first key point here is trust. We must learn to trust in this motherly heart of our lady, her immaculate heart. When we have that trust, I think then we move forward in being schooled in what it is to have devotion to the immaculate heart of Mary. So Sister Lucia herself uses the example, we get our physical life from our own mother. And from the moment of conception until we're born, until we become adults, our mothers are there giving us everything we need. And as a child and an infant, we depend on our mother. We look for our mother. We don't get independence from our mother until, oh, maybe when you're three and four, you start looking for it, but you still need her. So too, she is the mother of our spiritual life in Christ. And she takes this, this, this soul, whether you're, whether you're 15 or 50, whatever age you are coming to, to be schooled in devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, she takes you as, as a newborn and she takes us and feeds us spiritually. And one of the keys you've already said is the Eucharist. It is through the Eucharist. You know, we got the Eucharist through Mary because as Fulton Sheen's quick to point out, where did he get his body and blood from? From Our Lady, no one else. So the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. So when we receive him, we're receiving something that came from Mary originally. And it came to us because she said yes to God. So we, we have to learn to trust and say yes to all she asks of us. So this leads us to devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary should instill in us two disciplines like self-denial and discipline. We need both of those because we need to be we need to be constant in what we do. We need to be persistent because the devil's not going to want us to do this. He's not going to want us to go and learn from the Immaculate Heart of Mary, what it is to love Christ and to want to be with him for all eternity in heaven. And we, we do this through discipline where we pray our rosary, 
do our devotions, do our first Saturdays, read about her, you know, get St. Louis de Montfort's True Devotion to Mary, read what it is to be devoted to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, you know, we can't do something unless we know about it. We can't love God unless we know him. We can't love the Immaculate Heart of Mary unless we know this Immaculate Heart. Therefore, we need to school ourselves in it by studying what these saints have written about her. And there's more than just St. Louis de Montfort, although he is the premier expert. I mean, you can learn about her from the other saints who have written about her, St. Bridget of Sweden, St. Gertrude the Great. Uh, those have all written on it. Even Teresa of Avila, to a certain degree, has written on it. Uh, Sunday, when I was in church, the priest was uh, there. It's very Marian, and he he was talking a little bit about Our Lady and stuff, and how we come to her when we need things. And he referred to her in a way I'd never heard of before, Barb, and it really touched my heart. He referred to her immaculate humanity. I love that because. Aside from our Lord, she truly was pure. So we have her life to look at. So if you want to learn about what Our Lady did, and obviously the Gospels don't give a lot, you know, The City of God by Venerable Catherine, Venerable Mary of Agrita. This is where Our Lady dictates to her what she, how she lived from the moment, you know, from her conception on, you know, as, as a young child being in the, in the temple, the, her marrying Joseph, having Jesus, her whole walk of life is in there. So you get to learn what she did, how she did it, and how she, kept, you know, leads us to Jesus. So being schooled in the Immaculate Heart of Mary means turning to her in all things when we need her. Like we've said in the past, Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta, Mary, my mother, be a mother to me now. You know, she said that whenever she was in need or desperate. Yes, and you know Jesus gave us Mary at the foot of the cross. She was the, she's the most perfect example of true discipleship, a true follower of Christ, always willing to say yes to God's will every day. And of course, she when she was teaching the children at Fatima and teaching Lucia, she started with that very first request on May thirteenth: Are you willing to offer yourselves to God and bear patiently with everything He wills to send you? especially to pray for the conversion of sinners and salvation of souls. And so that's the very first request at Fatima. And that's our first sign of our obedience to God's will. And she was the one who perfectly was models obedience. She always said yes to God. She said yes during the Annunciation, bearing, bringing forth the Messiah, our means of salvation. And so God granted her a special role in that salvation. And then he gives her to us so that we can learn from her how to be obedient to God. Now, Lucia, after you know spending many, many years learning herself, having to practice herself being obedient to God's will, seeking his will every day, constantly turning to Christ in prayer and adoration, and of course, turning to the Blessed Mother. You know, she wrote about this in her book, Calls from the Message of Fatima, that she wrote in the 1980s. Now, this is... um. She would have been in her 70s by then. She had been at this for a long time, but she said to establish in the world devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary means to bring people to a full consecration through conversion, self-dedication, intimate esteem, veneration, and love. Thus, it is in the spirit of consecration and conversion God wishes to establish in the world devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Now, 
That's what the call of Fatima was to convert and return to, to God. And Mary's trying to teach us how to do that. She's allowing her immaculate heart to lead us. You know, most people don't understand what conversion is. They think, well, I go to confession, I've confessed my sins, I've converted. Or I didn't know God and I try to know him now. Conversion, and in the Eastern sense, we use the word metanoia. I don't know if you're familiar with that term. It's a great word. Metanoia means to turn over, to give your heart to God. It's it's like a change. And during Lent, and this is the, you know, we're going to be in Lent here real quick. Uh, we want to do that spirit of metanoia, of change, of conversion. And it's step by step. It's every day that you take a step and you get a temptation and you choose not to listen to the demon or this or whoever's tempting you. You choose not to commit that sin. So conversion is 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 a one step up in front of the other. You're constantly converting, you're constantly saying no to sins that are that you're tempted by, whether it's anger, impatience, uh maybe selfishness, whatever it is, and hopefully they're venial. So conversion is a is a is a step-by-step process, a moment-by-moment thing that you are going to choose what God wants you to do through the Immaculate Heart of Mary and with her help. And she's there taking you by the hand, walking you that path. And she came to give us a path to holiness at Fatima. And it again involves that very first saying yes to God every day, waking up and choosing to follow his will, to seek his will, to set ourselves aside, our pride, our own wills. Because sometimes God has something completely different in in mind for us. And even something bad may happen, but he's going to bring good out of it. So to always remain in obedience. And Mary's virtues are so wonderful. You know, she was ever patient, ever obedient, ever docile to the Holy Spirit, ever, um, you know, kind and gentle and full of love. And these children even Jacinta and Francisco had such a short time on earth after the apparitions, but they, by the end of their lives, they had truly developed a true devotion to Jesus through Mary by their actions and their willingness to be clay that he could mold them to be the vessels of grace and mercy for others. And that's what this call is about, you know, to be ourselves molded by Mary so that we can be, pliable in the hands of our Lord and how he wants to lead us. And so when we take up this devotion, we're letting our lady, the blessed mother herself, we're learning from her heart and she gives us the rosary, which is of course is to be pondering the mysteries of the life of Christ, which she pondered herself in her heart. She wants us to have our, to learn from God, Jesus and the gospel so that we can you know, if we're saying that rosary every day and we're meditating on the life of Christ, we are learning the gospel. We're living the gospel message every day. I love during the June apparition, so many things happened during that um, short apparition. But that's when, you know, when she tells Lucia she would remain on earth for some time longer in order to spread this devotion. Lucia was sad that the her two cousins were going to be taken to heaven and she would be left behind alone. But Mary tells her, I will never forsake you. My Immaculate Heart will be your refuge in the way that will lead you to God. Now, that's a message for all of us. That's exactly what she is. She is a, she's a conduit for us. She will never lead us to anywhere else but to God and to the safety of our eternal homes. That is such a beautiful quote that we can all take into our hearts. Yeah, and she, one of the saints wrote, could be St. Louis to Monfort, I can't remember, stated that, only at the gates of hell does Our Lady admit defeat. And if she could, she would go in and snatch the souls, but she can't. 
So she's there pleading for us at all costs at every moment of our life until we take our last breath and cross that parapod. Where are we going to go? Where Where is our will? Is it with God or is it against God? And one of the things, again, I don't know if it was Blessed Anna Catherine Emmerich or the City of God that I told about earlier. Our Lady talks about how at the, at the Garden of Gethsemane, when the apostles just all scattered, when our Lord was taken, immediately, there's the Immaculate Heart of Mary praying for these apostles. Mm-hmm. You know, one, one responded completely and came back. It's John and walked with her to the foot of the cross. The other one, of course, one denied him, St. Peter, and she prayed for his conversion. She prayed for the other ones that they would be strengthened. But she says in there, the one that she prayed for the most was Judas. Mm. And they said, and they, and they, and they talk up and she talks about how through the three years of walking with Christ and the apostles were with us, that she always went out of her way to be especially attentive to him, to his needs, to be kind and because she knew she had some idea that he, what he was going to do. So she doesn't give up on anybody. She really doesn't. And I'll tell you, if you put somebody in her immaculate heart, somebody in your family, somebody you love, a friend, and you put her, put them there, our lady will look after them and will bring them back uh, because her heart just can only love. It does not judge. Yeah. I think it was St. Gemma Galgani that wrote that our Lord told her that he was, um, his mother was the rag picker of souls. I love that. The rag picker of souls. They said, because she goes and picks where I go through. And in my justice, I pick only those who are justified. Very few. She goes through lest I missed anybody and picks up everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I just love that rag picker of souls. So, you know, what soul needs, do you need picked up by her? You know, put them in her care. Yeah, and place them in her immaculate heart, and she will, yeah. she will cover them with her pure love, and her, and she'll help bring graces to them, draw down the mercy of Christ upon their souls. Because the queen, the queen, she is the queen of heaven. She's the she is the queen mother, and in uh, Hebrew history, the queen always had access to the son, the king, and was able to go to the king without permission. So that's what our queen Mary does for us. Uh, she goes and obtains the graces we need. And I love how Jacinta, little Jacinta being so young before she was going to die, she understood what Lucia's mission was. And she tells her, you are to spread devotion to the Immaculate Heart. When you are to do this, do not run and hide. Rather, tell everyone that God wants us to turn to the Immaculate Heart for graces, that we are to ask her for them. Tell them also to pray for peace in the world to her because it has been entrusted to her. So God has granted his mother a very big role in our world, in our history. And I like to, you know, talk about some of the things that Father Andrew Apostoli brought out in his book. He was a well-known expert on Fatima. Father Andrew Apostoli was a um, Franciscan friar of the renewal. And he wrote a book called Fatima for Today. Bless his heart. I believe he died in December 2017 during the hundred, uh, the year yeah, he did. anniversary. Now he pointed out that Mary is the only woman in scripture whose coming was foretold. Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14, he said, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And he writes, Mary's mission is a spiritual warfare in order to help obtain final victory over evil. Because God said to the serpent in the book of Genesis, 
I will put enmity between you and the woman and between her seed and your seed. He further explained, Our Lady's role is so significant because God wants to de defeat the devil by the same means which the devil conquered our first parents through the woman. I mean, what an ultimate humiliation for the devil who's full of pride that it's through a woman that he's going to be defeated. I never thought of that, that she was, uh, her coming was foretold in Isaiah. In Calls, I, there's something to add to this, um, Sister Lucia. I love Calls because of the scripture she has in there. She quotes from the book of Isaiah, 44, verse 3. And she writes, Isaiah writes, For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry grounds. I will pour my spirit upon your descendants and my blessings on your offering. She said this blessed and watered land is the immaculate heart of Mary. Mm -hmm. And when I read that, that just made me stop and think the very first time I read that. I thought, wow. And this is why God wants devotion to take root there. Because this is the blessed and watered land. This is where we're going to go and feed our souls, save our souls through this immaculate heart, and I just which want to reiterate like more than we can imagine. And you're talking about Lucia's book, Calls from the Message of Fatima. And you can purchase that at shopfatima.com. That's the only place. Yeah, you can get it in Fatima. Um, we do sell oh, it at yeah. the bookstore, shopfatima.com. So when you look, you look at the book of Revelation, chapter 12, we have a woman clothed with the sun. She bears a son. And the serpent, the dragon, is there, wants to devour the sun, but he's taken up by God and protected. And then he goes after the woman, but she too is protected in the desert. So then the devil becomes so furious, he goes after her children and does battle with them. We are her offspring. We ourselves are the offspring. Those of us baptized into the, the adopted sons and daughters of God through Jesus Christ, we're in this fierce spiritual battle with the devil. And so he's after us. He's after our children, too. And we're we're being called to fight in this battle. So Mary comes to Fatima and brings us this great um, mission to be part of this devotion to her Immaculate Heart so she can lead us during this time. And she even has a great promise associated with it. She said, I promise salvation to, to whoever embraces it. These souls will be dear to God like flowers put by me to adorn his throne. And so she's kind of coming at a time when, in the beginning of the 20th century, when we were going to see two world wars, mankind was going to develop weapons that could annihilate whole nations. There was going to be this great un evil unleashed on the earth. A spirit of atheism and agnostic agnosticism was going to be poured out in the people of apostasy. And so she's coming to call her children to be part of this mission that God has given to her and to let her be our commander in chief. I like to talk about St. Louis de Montfort because he was teaching this method 200 years earlier, the same method that Mary comes to teach us at Fatima. Let's talk a little bit about St. Louis de Montfort. He kind of laid the groundwork for this consecration to Jesus through Mary. I, I did the consecration years ago. Um, and of course I made it, I made it so that it finished on, on July 16th, which is the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. But you can, True Devotion to Mary and The Secret of the Rosary, those are two books. If you haven't read them, you need to read them. Go and get them from FatimaShop.com. Go to Amazon. Read them during this Lenten season. These books will draw you closer to the Immaculate Heart of Mary because he predicted, and I love this, he says, in the later days, people will be especially devoted to her Immaculate Heart, rise up and become holy. 
and drive out all heretics, impious and deviant ideologies, which modernism is the summation of it. It's, it's the pulling together of all the heresies and ideologies into one, which was condemned by Pius X at the beginning of the 20th century and resurfaced again and in the, in the 60s. And it would crush the head of Satan. But what's interesting, it's not going to be great saints. It's not going to be leaders. It's not going to be the religious or the priestly priests. It's going to be the ordinary lay people, the hidden people, the ones who live their day-to-day -day lives offering, praying, making sacrifice, praying their rosary. These are the people that are going to rise up and become saints greater than the early Christian martyrs, he said. Mm -hmm. The greatest saints will come forth. And when you look around, you see, you know, some people once said that when you die and go to heaven, you're going to be shocked to see who's there. I like to say you're also going to be shocked at who's at the great saints that are there that you did not know about on this earth. Right. There are some saints in heaven that are shining brightly because they they just did what God wanted them to do. And that's the science of sanctity, the science of the saints doing what God wants you to do on a day by day basis and devotion to Our Lady, especially under the t under her immaculate heart. Well, and she was, yeah, she was the spouse of the Holy Spirit too. So she's trying to teach us how to be attuned to the to the Spirit and how He's guiding us and leading us. And of course, He wants to guide us to truth. We live in a world where truth is whatever you want it to be, but there is absolute truth, and there are commandments from God. We do have the nat natural law written upon our hearts and our souls, and we know what's right and wrong. What else tells you that it's wrong to take the life of somebody else or it's wrong to steal from somebody because you don't want it to happen to you? You know, it's a great offense. So, you know, to take to take on Mary's heart and to learn from her, let her guide you because she's going to teach you how to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. And again, it, it takes us to say yes to God every day. It takes us to seek his, to unite our wills with him. And that's exactly what she did through her whole time on earth. And how she's trying to lead us now. Have you ever heard of the three Hail Marys devotion that are was told to Saint uh, to either Saint Gertrude or Saint Bridget of Sweden? The three Hail Marys. I'm sure I have, but let's repeat yeah. it here. Okay. What in it? It says in there that those who pray three Hail Marys every day, and what they're honoring specifically in Our Lady is it's a protection. You pray to keep you safe from falling into mortal sin or any sin that day. And you pray the three Hail Marys and you pray the first one in honor of the power granted to her by God the Father. The second Hail Mary is to honor the wisdom given to her by the Son of God. And the third is to honor the tender mercies given to her by God the Holy Spirit. So the power, the wisdom, and the tender mercy is what gives her this ability to protect you that day from falling into mortal sin or any sin if you ask of, of her. And it's a beautiful devotion. It really is because it honors Our Lady's intimate union, her immaculate heart's intimate union with the Trinity. There's great mystery in all of this. And, and a lot of people um, flee from Mary. They're, they think we're worshiping her, but we're not. Um, God sent her a mother to help us during this time. And she's always going to lead us to God. And I also like that she identified herself at Fatima as Our Lady of the Rosary in the original uh, term, the original title that she was given under that was Our Lady of Victory. And so she's our victorious queen, the one who followed Christ all the way to the cross, was victorious with him. And she wants to lead us in this battle. We're in a spiritual battle. It's very fierce. It's getting harder. But to allow Mary to help you and for those who are not Catholic to 
study up on Mary to understand, you know, who she was and how, you know, the God would give us a mother, a mother from heaven that will help us. We all need a mother. And that's what she is. And she's trying to help us create a pathway through her immaculate heart, which will protect us always and lead us to God. The three children understood it greatly. They they strove to just follow the directives she was giving them, the simple little messages at Fatima, to pray the rosary, to offer up every day your, your sufferings and to accept and bear patiently with them. And now last week we did a wonderful podcast on the first Saturday devotion, which is where we would um, make reparation for the sins committed against her immaculate heart, which are sins of blasphemy because they are against God. And they have a great history. I encourage anybody to go back and listen to that podcast. But all of these are to give us the protective armor to help us put on the armor of the Holy Spirit and protect us and let her guide us and lead us so that now is the time in this time of battle for us to be courageous and unafraid and to pick up our our, um, weapons and go forward because we're being led out into the battlefields every single day. Amen to that. I mean, every day you wake up should be a day of, thank you, God. What do you want me to do this day? And what can I do to grow closer to my mother's immaculate heart where she'll keep me safe? And again, God is wishing to establish in the world this devotion to the Immaculate Heart. And she says, if what I say to you is done, many souls will be saved and there will be peace in the world. We can't have peace without conversion of hearts. Lucia herself, the, the call to the, the call to establish devotion in the to the Immaculate Heart worldwide starts with us, starts with our own conversion and our willingness to consecrate ourselves to God every day through the example of his mother. Who was so obedient. And that's what we're being called to. So to pick up our cross every day and follow Christ and be part of his army, that's what's going to change this world. And that's why every day it starts with our individual heart being open to God, the Father and God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. And I think that's about end of our 30 minutes. We might've gone over a little bit. Do you have anything else you want to add, Katie, before we end? No, just... Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And to remember, on uh, February 13th is the anniversary of Sister Lucia's death. You can also read about her from the pathway under the gaze of Mary. It's a, it's a wonderful biography written by the Sisters of Coimbra who lived with her for 55 years. Includes many of her writings and her life after the apparitions ended. You can learn a lot from Lucia. She's the, the herald of the devotion to the Immaculate Heart. With that, I'm going to end it, and I hope you will join us again next week. Thank you. Thank you.